This episode of Friends of Flow is brought to you by NCLEX Mastery. If you're a nursing student and you're about to take your NCLEX, you need to go to the App Store right now and download NCLEX Mastery. All right. Well, welcome back. This is Tess, Judge Ellis with Friends of Flow, and welcome to our podcast. And this is Andy Witters. And I'm Rebecca Porter. It's Friends of Flow. We are a group of nurses and nurse practitioners that we are, and we get together and we talk about scholarship issues, and we talk about issues pertinent to nursing and try to bring in some scholarly information out there. We are also with a guest today who is a nurse practitioner student, Andrew. Yes, and this is my student, Jenny. Jenny, would you kindly introduce yourself? Hi, my name is Jenny Haneke, and um, I'm a nurse practitioner student in adult gerontology, and I'll be graduating in December of this year. Awesome. All right. Thanks. So, Rebecca, you want to introduce our topic? Yeah, I um, I'm really interested in things related to protecting personal health information and privacy, and sort of how do we how do we talk about professional boundaries? And I think I come from a generation that protects. I'm very protective of my own information, and my boundaries are pretty clear. But I think that people who have grown up with social media as part of their everyday life have a very different sense of what is a boundary and what does it mean to protect a boundary. You mean like the fact that we put our kids' pictures on Facebook? Everything goes on Facebook, Instagram, Instagram, Snapchat. Snapchat, and all the others that I don't even know anything about. And and kid and, and so when you do that, then you get kind of thinking that it's okay to share everything. Everything gets shared, yeah. and yeah. Th- and so that's when we get into things like electronic bullying, and um, people feel that that fear of missing out. FOMO. F yeah, FMO. Fear of FOMO. Mi- FOMO. Fear, fear of, of missing, missing out. out. Yeah, I just heard that term a few weeks ago. Yeah, it's huge. And when you belong to a closed group, for instance, on Facebook, say you're at work and you're on a closed group, and people start talking about, oh, we're at the pub, and this happened, and this did, and hey, I'm going to this meeting, who else is going? And all of a sudden, you see, you didn't even know anything about the get-together. And and how did that happen, and why weren't you invited? And so this this it's a whole different world of this. So what happened... Um, a couple of months ago, is that a friend told me that she would, had been a, a patient in the hospital and had chosen, and I said, oh, I'm really sorry. And she said, well, I hadn't chosen to tell anybody. So I stopped and I wondered to myself, why did she tell me this? And I listened to her story. She was really upset when she learned that she had been tagged in a Facebook posting by a friend, another friend, who is a nurse. And her friend that nurse, had posted a story about work on a closed-membered, unit-based Facebook group. And she hadn't said this person's name, but included a lot of um, information that if you even vaguely knew her, you would know her. And so that linked her, that story, with um, our mutual friend. And this friend that I was talking to at the party was really angry, because her privacy had been invaded. She felt, the word she used was, I feel really violated. So I asked her what that felt like and what that meant to her. And she said, I 
always thought talking to a nurse was meant that I could trust that person. I could tell them anything and it wouldn't go any further. That that I wouldn't be talked about on a bus, that I wouldn't be named in a Facebook group. I my story wouldn't be told on a Facebook page. And and she just really felt that she who if she can't trust a nurse, who can I trust? So I started to think about what constitutes personal or protected health information. What, what about that HIPAA thing? Can I ask a question? Uh-huh. Um, so what was the purpose of the closed group on Facebook? It was just, it was a unit-based group, as I understand, and it was a way to, um, for the group for that unit to have some cohesion. So it but was not formally sponsored by the, the hospital. No, not sponsored right. by the hospital. Well, and, and it was Facebook, which is a right. whole different animal oh, and who's absolutely. monitoring that and stuff who, and who's on it. Because I do think we need to share information about patients um, for some purposes, right? For them, for us to speak quickly about patients, for us to, um, oh, contact specialists, and maybe email is a good way. Maybe Facebook is a good way. Other sort of apps, but making them secure and making sure the patients are aware of what we're doing with their information and aware of how it's going to be shared, right? Right. Like through a consent. So I'm not disagreeing with her thing. I'm just saying that with her complaint. I don't think HIPAA covers um, Facebook postings. I don't think so either. I don't think so either. (laughs) But, 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 But there are more logical... Uh, and, and perhaps more reasonable, a better word to use, uh, steps to ensure um, that information can be exchanged appropriately. So you mentioned email. So like, but it has in, to be a the, secure encrypted email. Right, but yeah. like so, so through their institutional email perhaps or through care conferencing where there is patient participation, the patient has an understanding that their information is being shared but being shared respectfully and, and privately and in, 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 in a role of an of an advocacy role right right, right. Uh, you mentioned referring specialists well it, that, that's what care conferencing can, can can be about is what are the next steps of so of that's care not process. what we're talking about here right we're, we're right. talking about, about something completely different we're talking Correct. about social right. media and um what what do you post and what do you say and what you do not say and the scary thing for me about all of social media is how quickly information is spread, whether it's true true or not, whether it's <laughs> fake news or not. And, and what happened was the um, posting got deleted. But in the meantime, for my friend, that Facebook posting was deleted, however... Um, who knows how many people had looked at it and and tagged her and started a gossip session. Hey, did you know so-and-so who happened to be a fairly well-known It becomes person. a social issue. Yeah. Less and of a, a care issue. Right. right. Yeah. And, yeah. and so I just wanted to open that conversation to people to start really thinking about what you're putting on your the selfies that you take. Um, a patient at the hospital or where you work says, oh, let's get a patient, let's get a picture 
of you and me together. You're the best nurse ever, and I want to always remember you looking after me. And they take your picture with them, and they send it to all of their family, and somebody posts it on their open Facebook page and wants to know, oh, who's Nurse Andrew? And so they start Googling Andrew, and then they find out that maybe Andrew has a Facebook page or an Instagram or tweets, whatever. Right. And your privacy's gone. And you have no idea what's going to happen to your picture out there, how it's going to be used or changed, or what's going to be known about you. So I think what I'm trying to get at is to really stop and think, when you're wearing, when you are posting anything on social media, know that everybody's going to see it. Even on institutional email, if you are okay with what you're saying being on a public bulletin board, it's okay to mail it. These are weighted questions. I know. I know. We need to be thinking about them. Let's take a break. And when we come back, we'll talk a little bit more about the research that you found and on HIPAA. I mean, these are, so we'll just take a break. And so this is Tess and... This is Andy. And Rebecca. All right, we'll be back. Here at NCLEX Mastery, we love nurses and especially nursing students, but we need your feedback about this podcast. If you have ideas on topics or you have questions you want us to answer, shoot us a message, leave a comment, go to our Facebook page and just tell us what you think because we want to help you in the most specific way that you need that help. Thank you so much. All right, so we're back from break. This is Tess Judge Ellis. This is Andy Witters. And Rebecca Porter. We have our guest, Jenny. I can't remember your last name. Jenny Haneke. Right, so we just left off starting about to talk about social media and the issues and kind of protecting yourself and patients. And how your reputation can follow you. Right. So Jenny, during the break, you started to tell us about the... Yeah, there's a student that just was recently in the news. He goes to Iowa State University, and he was at the game, the big game, Iowa versus um, University of Iowa versus Iowa State, and he was just trying to get some beer money. They were out, and um, he figured he would get a few dollars, but it ended up he had a face post that he ended up getting millions of dollars and people came on board and he decided with that much money he was going to donate it to a good charity um and he decided to donate at the university of iowa hospitals and children's hospital so however about a week later after this incident reporters were looking into his past on facebook and other social media accounts and discovered he had posted many inappropriate things when he was a teenager. And that came back to bite him and really ruin his reputation, um, which I think is really, really sad. It's so, so unfortunate. And right. I think one yeah. of the corporate sponsors decided to pull out. They were going to yes, honor... Bush, I think. Bush yeah. honored um, the, the commitment, that the financial commitment they made to the hospital, but they were no longer going to associate with him. And I think... Um, we might have read or a similar article, Jenny, and he said that he was trying to, he knew he had made a mistake as a teenager. There was nothing he could do about that, but that he was trying to be a better person. So, and I think what he did proved that he was a better person. And I think we're living in a society where we can't get beyond our past. And I yeah. think that is sad. Um, I think we can all think, I think, <laughs> 
probably the four of us are of a certain age that we weren't posting everything online about our personal lives. And um, there are things that I am really glad are, are not recorded for history. But you know what's, what people, I think, need to realize is that when you apply for a job, when you apply for graduate school, nursing school, your past, your media presence is going to be evaluated. Mm -hmm. They're going to be looking to see what did you post when you were 11 years old? What kind of things were you posting when you were 15 and 16? And how will that influence what, if you were, you know, Tessie in, in graduate school and Andrew, when you guys are looking at applicants for graduate school, what do you do when you see a really questionable posting from somebody two or three years ago. I, I've actually never come across that in the in the, the nurse practitioners we've hired in our in our practice. I, I do know their that their um, their social media footprint, if you will, is evaluated, but it's all done through HR. I don't I don't know what what their criteria even. But it is, is being looked at. Um, I know it, that it, HR is, it is indeed being looked look at, at, but. I, I, I have no personal uh, experience with that. And, and, and uh, uh, the nurse practitioners that, that we've hired in our practice have always been, I think, uh, pretty, yeah, pretty high level uh, thinkers, good providers. Um, I, I'm, I'm just not concerned with like their, their, their social media footprint personally. But uh, I, I do know that our, our institution has a, they, they have a process of evaluation that's all handled through HR. Um, which to me is intimidating enough just to not have an online presence. To know that you are being scrutinized by people you don't know in, in human resources when you apply yeah. must be a pretty sobering thought. Well, and I think they even scrutinize throughout your entire time working for a company. So um, I know in the agency I work for, we've had nursing assistants, nurses, social workers, other people that have gotten in trouble on social media putting things on there that shouldn't be there. And especially right. when you are yeah. like potentially when you're supposed to be working. Exactly. If there were a Sentinel event or a, a problem event and they will go back legal, phone, legally, yeah. they'll go back and look at what time what you, were, you doing, were doing, right? Yeah, yeah. What you were doing at the time of that incident. But getting back to HIPAA, yeah. Rebecca, you had a, some examples of fines. Yeah, that so you HIPAA had research is, and the HIPAA. Um, I would I would encourage everybody to have a look at HIPAA, and we'll post um, a couple of articles for you to read. But um, HIPAA violations uh, are taken really seriously, and what the definition is a little bit difficult, I think. But it's um, what's covered is when too much personal health information is disclosed. So what the standard is, is that you only disclose to an entity the minimum information that they need. And it has to be only for the purpose for it being disclosed. And there's really significant uh, financial penalties um, for unintentional violations even unintentional violations, as well as intentional violations. And um, it can be for the entire organization, or it can be for an individual. And um, 
at the organizational level as well as the personal level, the HIPAA has divided it into four tiers depending on the severity of it. And some of the ones, uh, when you look through the article, are kind of uh, interesting. Um, let's see. One was a bunch of places got fined um, hundreds of thousands of dollars because a patient was filmed. A picture was taken of a patient without written cons informed consent. Um, another one was personal health information, although the name wasn't there. Other identifying information was left in somebody's vehicle. Somebody else took a computer home that had personal health information on it and a computer was stolen from their car. Um, the other thing to do is, is they will, uh, HIPAA will look for the policies, the social media policy uh, that's explicitly written wherever you work. So it's really important to go through that dreaded uh, policy manual online and look for what your, where you work or where you go to school, what is the social media policy? I think that's a great point. Mm. I mean, nobody likes policies and to write oh, policies. God, no. I know that's not my um, <laughs> not idea mine. of a good time. And, no. But it's a um, it was helpful really, guideline to protect it, the institution and the person. They're there for a reason. But it also means like maybe an institution needs to put resources in so that people can do what they need to do either via encrypted purposes or they need some sort of electronic capacity to discuss patients but that's that's encrypted or that's not able to be accessed right um via you know so those are i mean that's really a um it's a slippery slope and i'm and it's a um if if you think you're on the slope get off the slope <laughs> put the brakes on and get off i'm reminded of a of uh an informatics colleague uh at the university where I received my education, um, where she she had a, a creative analogy um, how we protect informatics uh, and, and patient information. It's like that of um, preserving the, the dignity of physical privacy um, at, at bedside, which is it's, it's a sensitive issue for, for patients in particular, like getting a, a catheter changed out or doing perineal care or, sure, or, or, you, or hygiene, right? So, I mean, so, keep so the door those, open and right. Exactly. So do you keep, yeah, exactly. So, so are you keeping the door open or are you covering the patient up, establishing some, some, uh, some actual physical and environmental boundaries for the patient to be comfortable, right? So we, we have this, and, and that, that seems very logical, uh, at, at bedside, when you're when you're in, when you have a physical, it's a no brainer. It's, it's a no brainer, exactly. Because right, we can all be in that position, but, right? Right, exactly. Because yeah, and we and we can we can visualize it. But uh, uh, the the analogy that was being drawn out from this this old uh, professor uh, is that we need to view informatics uh, and um, patient information that same way. And I, and I think that's, that's a, for me, that's, that, that, that's, that's a, a really good it's analogy. a powerful, yeah. yeah, it's a powerful analogy, right? Yeah. And so and it, it ties together uh, what we, what we do for, for patients and what nurses are meant to be for, for patients. So the other, we're meant to be like their primary advocate. We are the most trusted profession. Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, what we're getting at here is high expectations of professionalism and ethical behavior. 
and that kind of patient trust. And as nurses move into more of these positions, as social media gets more out there, how are we bringing those ourselves there? Right. How right. are we presenting yeah. ourselves? There was an interesting paper that I came across after my friend talked to me um, about the study was done in Australia or New Zealand. Um, and they were talking to patients about privacy when they had to share a room. So no private rooms. Mm -hmm. And there's only a curtain mm -hmm. between patients. And you have to go in and either do a very personal procedure and or have a very sensitive conversation. And what do you do? What, how do you respect that patient's privacy? I mean, even being asked if you have to go to the toilet when you're in front of a bunch of people you don't know. Can you imagine? And, but being asked to say in a palliative care co conversation, for instance, so what are your goals here? And you've got a whole curtain full, all of a sudden the conversation in the next bed stops and everybody's got their ear to the curtain and then it all ends up in social media. That what happened when mom was in the hospital. What'd your article find? Or was it just discussing It was that? just a discussion about being super sensitive. I, we need and, to have them. Mm -hmm. And I think there is no privacy. In fact, just about a year and a half ago, my husband had major surgery at the University of Iowa. And we were in, not in a private room because they didn't have one available. And we knew everything about the patient next door to us. So I know he knew everything about my husband. And to me, that there's no privacy. Yeah. So, and... Those are HIPAA violations. I think we should have all private rooms. Yeah. Well, I think there's the a move there's a move <laughs> towards that yeah. for infection control as well as HIPAA. Yeah. But but it is really and what the article talked about was that some people will not tell needed information. Yeah, no way. Because they don't want to say it in front of a whole room of other people. Sure. That's impacts sure. their care. Yeah. yeah mm -hmm. Exactly. Can I share with you um some of the tips that I found? Yes, um, absolutely. Thinking about this on my own, but also from the American Nurses Association. If you're curious or interested, how just Google American Nurses Association and social media and you'll find a whole lot of information. But what we've been talking about is that, and what Tess just mentioned a minute ago, was that no matter what our circumstance is, we are nurses and we have professional boundaries. So what you say online, anywhere, online in any media, should be no different than when you are on the bus, in a car with other people who don't work with you, um, in the elevator, anywhere. So those standards are exactly the same. It's really important not to share uh, or post any information, including photographs, about a patient relationship that you have. So when that patient says, oh, I want you to take my picture, take a picture of you holding my newborn baby because you were such a fabulous NICU nurse, no. Well, that would be in a policy if you were, right. you know. Mm -hmm. Right. And no, and then, so refuse to do that. Right. Yeah. Okay. Right. And don't make, there are days that we go home from work and we are really upset, burned out. Something happened at work that made us really angry. And what's the first thing you do? You want to tell somebody. You want to talk. 
And where do you go? Facebook, because that's where all your friends are. And what's really important to know is that people, nurses, nursing assistants, have lost jobs because of posting disparaging remarks anywhere on social media. So do it on the phone. Do it in a car with one other person. Do it with the privacy where no one can hear. Um, it's really hard to remove a post. Once it's up there, it's up there. And downloads can happen instantaneously. And then that information is completely out of your control. And it puts you at legal risk as well as ethical um, violation. Um, we talked about what you post being looked at by people you would never imagine looking like human resources, like graduate school applications and background checks. And to really think about what, who do you want, what do you want your image to be online? Who do you want to portray online? And be really thinking about that. And, and if you've got kids that are posting, is to have that conversation with them about what they're posting now will be there forever. And to try to help them to think into the future about what that will look like um, in 10 years from now, that's hard to do. If you think somebody's personal information has been violated, what do you do? Where do you go? Who do you tell? So that's a really important thing to think about. Um, and being a whistleblower is really hard to do. But most institutions have a compliance hotline. It's anonymous. That's anonymous. Thanks, Jenny. That you can call, and you don't have to give your name, and you just have to tell them what happened. So that's important to know as well. Do you guys have anything else? No, I think it's. Uh, I think that this is an important subject. I'm glad we spent some time on it. Agreed. I would like to know from people who are listening to this what your thoughts are. Yeah, and questions. And questions. And, you know, situations is a great um, topic. Yeah. To think carefully about about what what's happening at work and how how that is being portrayed even when you don't mean it to be. For sure. And always remember that we are, you know, we are stewards of patient privacy, patient trust, and we have a high degree of professionalism. And, um, you know, for the most part, that's going to carry you, you know, if you're for the most part can can strive to that, um, then you'll be just fine knowing that sometimes you're going to you know, make a hiccup or something like that. But just being very aware that the social environment and social media is, is just like you said, it's like being on the elevator. It's like being at a restaurant. So other people will be looking and listening and listening. All right. So with that, this, I think we can end our podcast for today. Don't you think? I think so. All Thanks, right. everybody. Think so. Yeah. Good Thanks, Jenny, you, for being here. Thank you, Thank you for inviting me as a guest. And All good right. luck with graduation in yes. a couple of months. Thank you so much. All right. This is Tess, Judge Ellis. This is Andy Witters telling you to innovate, agitate, and educate. Um, I'll say keep your eye on the patient. 
And this is Rebecca, the Canadian, saying keep your stick on the ice. Friends of Flow is brought to you by NCLEX Mastery. Go to the App Store right now, download NCLEX Mastery. And before you leave, if you could just share this with your nursing friends, tell them about us, leave us feedback, go to our Facebook page, tell us what you liked, tell us what you didn't love so much, be nice. But thank you so much. We really appreciate you.